Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. Brand new advertiser, guys, Rex Specs. We love them. They believe that any adventure worker play is better with a dog by your side to keep them protected with you no matter what. Rex Specs designs and manufactures performance-driven dog gear for the active and working dog. 20% off your first order discount code working dog radio the show is doctor eric and i are actually both field staff guys so uh doctor has been committed for over 20 years to crafting training college to perfect precise fit and finish and intuitive design and account and accountable performance the 1900 se collar demonstrates what they strive for which is an ultimate dog training tool that is durable dependable and designed for designed for the most demanding conditions and i actually use this thing at the kennel they have the new black one that has the lock and the boost feature on it as well as well as the hands-free which we use a ton if you guys follow me on social media you see that i use that during tracking and we do that negative reinforcement trick which is what is the collar that we're using the other thing is the ys600 so funny fact it stands for yo shut up the number of times <laughs> that you won't have to say it because it works every time. So use the discount code WDR10 for 10% off any single item over 200 bucks. And of course, they also have the popper and the dropper, which I think I have five of that can I use all the time. So hit them up, dogtra.com, WDR10 for 10%. Guys, be sure to check out Ray Allen Manufacturing's new training app that they've got, iTunes Store, and the android store uh new product collaborations um be sure to check it out we also got a new discount code ram r-a-m-w-d-r ram w-d-r for 10 percent off rayallen.com all right everybody we're back working dog radio broadcasting the bite from hits uh 2023 in scottsdale arizona um i am eric stambro as usual with me is ted summers ted what's up uh the heat mm -hmm. i went and uh, got a breakfast bagel after your class started this morning i walked over by the restaurant and my shoes were sticky it's yeah. fucking gross last outside. year well yesterday we did i came back and took another shower it was <laughs> it was seven in the morning it was 110 it was so hot this Sorry. morning before i like got out of the shower this morning and you could the sun was hitting the sliding glass door in my hotel room and you could hear the metal expanding <laughs> no wow yeah i knew somebody used to live in a steel house I guess <clears throat> Republic Steeler Timken Company back home years ago made a cul-de-sac neighborhood of right. the steel houses. And she said that growing up, the house would pop and make all kinds of fucking scary noises. And eventually you quit hearing it. So she would have, <coughs> excuse me, friends spend the night and they're like, what is all that noise? And she's like, I don't even hear it anymore. It's funny. science. <clears throat> so, um, I just got done teaching my class. It was good. Good turnout. Um, piled into the hallway. So it was cool. I saw a couple of people answering questions, raising their hand out in the hallway. I'm like, I see you out there. Don't yeah. You? I had several people come up to me after because you were talking and because they know we run podcast stuff together and we do the same thing. So they're like, what does he mean? So I was, mm. <laughs> I was answering questions for you too. Yeah. So I, um, I cussed less. It wasn't zero, <laughs> but I didn't promise zero, but I did. You know, I did try to cuss a little bit. It's not like a, South, a couple motherfuckers in the there. South Park good. episode where there's a counter at the top yeah. right hand screen and right. somebody Dude. in the back with a scorecard. So in 2008, I got sued uh, for a excited delirium. I've got a fight with this naked dude and he died. And I was punching him in the face. And the plaintiff attorney on the video had a punch counter going. And so he played when they played for the jury, it was like 24, whatever, one, two, three because he tried to say i beat him to death which isn't what happened but um it was very effective the jury hated me until i got to talk to him so, <laughs> yeah i got up dude i got up on the stand stand for my, my turn and this lady in the in the jury turned away from me turned her back to me i go that's not good 
Like we're we're not. But I won her over. Uh, she it was not the punching; it was the cussing she didn't like. It like really bothered her because I talked to her after the case was over in the elevator. She said, "Yeah, it's just I'm old." And I said, "The guy was trying to take my gun." She, I get it. I know. So the cussing was bothering her. Yeah, because he tried to say that it was uh, just uh, that I'm a horrible human being. Is what he was trying to say. Oh. So that was the third line of duty death I had at that point. And there was another afterwards, but they were all three uh, black males. And so they called me a racist black hunting killer. That sounds so, like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Because well, in federal court, the, you can say whatever you want. The judge, there's no objection. Right, you can yeah, say whatever I'm... they want. It's, it's horrendous. Wow. So anyways, um, we have a guest with us today. We had a request for some female guests. So we've never really done any at the at these conferences. Um we had one on already, uh, a Canadian female too. Hey, yeah. So, uh, with us today, we've got another female on. Is uh, it's Sarah Carver, right? Just like the, just, just like, like it said. Yes. I have to say that because my original one was misspelled completely. My last name, it wasn't even close. Stand bro. Stand. They added some extra consonants. And in then there. there was an M. Stam. Yeah, that's in the magazine. <laughs> I think it's they they spelled S T A M B R O W. I'm like, guys, I've I've taught here like five years. It's all messed up. Anyways, Sarah, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. Um, move up just a little bit to the mic. Cool. So uh, give us a background on who you are, like a little history and what led you, got you to today. Uh, so I was in the Navy for eight years, uh, five of which I was a handler. I worked uh, both dual-purpose bomb dogs, and then I worked a, with my favorite dog, a single-purpose Jack Russell Terrier, a uh, narc dog. Um, and then I got out back in November of 2022 and the DOD actually has a program called SkillBridge and you can do an internship with a company of your choosing and it's kind of helped, uh, or military members transition to the civilian life cause it's a pretty rough transition for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I reached out to my boss, uh, Brad Lingham and asked him if I could do that. And he's like, go ahead. And I got there in May of 2022 and worked there for, did the internship for six months, and then I think maybe like a month or two in, uh, he offered me a full-time job once my internship was up. We need to have Brad on. Brad, if you're listening to this, send me a text message. (laughs) So um, it's funny you say that, because I did, I had a guy, it was an army handler, come to us uh, through the SkillsBridge program, and he did the six months, and then he was with us for uh, three months, you know, full time. He came out three months, and then um, he uh, he just quit. He wanted to go kind of run his own little thing because he was having to work at my facility. I think he wanted to do board and trains at home with pet dogs and just be he had two little babies. So I'm like, yeah, cool, man. I don't make him sign him out non compete, and um, it was a good program. We got six months of free work from a guy who knew how to handle a leash. You know, he was a dog handler. Yeah, we're so. getting signed up for that. Uh, we were going through the process to get for the, uh, the VA thing for the vocational rehab. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a fucking nightmare to get that done. And, uh, right. Yeah, I was waiting we, for you to finish so you could tell me how to do it. Oh, so. fuck dude. And so right through like COVID happened and then something happened, like the Biden administration did something that changed it. And then like, and it's, it's, it happens at the state level and it's all kinds of crazy shit. And, uh, I'm this, I learned about the skills bridge thing, skill bridge thing, and we're going to get signed up for that and for the cool. same thing. So, uh, yeah, it's, Definitely. I know his ETSO was a huge pain in the butt. He had a, he had a big problem. They uh, they almost charged him with AWOL. And the guy, he, the, the guy who was 
complaining about it, signed off on his his bridge. It, it was so weird. Big Army, Big Navy problems. That's insane. Yeah. With mine, I was talking to Brad about it, and he's like, yeah, he's like, they never once reached out to me. You're like, oh, hey, is she there? Yeah. No, like, oh, they didn't do that caring, either. gentlemen. Yeah, they did do a, um, a background, like they called me. You sh- they're allowed, he's allowed to come, right? I'm like, yeah, he, he didn't make that up. <laughs> Everybody's like suspicious of everybody. Uh, you know. So anyways, back up. Um, where, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Yeah. Lived there for 18 years. And then joined the Navy right out of high school. You're like, I am not joining the Air Force. I mean, stuck still in Cheyenne, Wyoming. I actually initially tried. Really? Uh, but the Air Force recruiters were never in our office. And uh, the Navy recruiters were in there. And they're like, what? why are you always in here? I'm like, I'm trying to go to the Air Force. And I mm. stepped in my office. <laughs> Two weeks yeah. later, I was going to, I'm not going to boot camp, but I was in the Navy. Yeah. Um, my buddy Bill that I worked with the police department was in the Air Force. And he gets out, getting ready to get out of boot camp in there giving out the uh, locations where everybody's going to go. And he's like, Adams, Cheyenne, Wyoming, where there's a woman behind every tree. And he turns out there's no trees in fucking Cheyenne. (laughs) He just worked a base there and then out at the silos and shit like that. So, um, so you get out of, uh, you get out of, from Great Lakes, is that where they sent you? Yes, that's where our boot camp is. And then from there, so originally I was in aviation, mm-hmm. um, and I went to A school, in, which is like our tech school, in Pensacola. I was there for a few months. And then I went to a station on an aircraft carrier out of Washington State. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from there, I, I wanted to go K-9 like, since I joined. Um, they laughed in my face. They were like, oh, yeah. that's never going to happen. And... Uh, I, when I got to my command, I told them, like, oh, that's what I want to do. And they're like, no, you're going to be aviation. That's what you're going to do. Because I went in. So the Navy has a program. Um, you go in essentially without a rate, which is like your job. And you're supposed to be able to do on-the-job training with whatever rate you want to. And then eventually be able to select for that rate. And uh, when I told them that at that, they're like, no, you'll be doing aviation. <laughs> yeah, and like it. You'll do aviation and, <laughs> and love the Navy. Oh, they love themselves. Yeah. It's So... Um, at the time, or maybe currently, are most of the handlers MAs? Yes. Did so, you have to switch? Yeah, so I had a cross rate because I was technically, even though I didn't have a rate, I was still in aviation. And so they made me cross rate to under seaman. And then uh, from there, I had to, I started doing kennel support on my off time. And uh, my, I got the, my letter of recommendation from the kennel master out there, one of the best dudes I know. Um, and then from there I had to, uh, they're actually trying to force rate me into, uh, to be an aviation ordinance man, pick up bombs, put them back down. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Uh, and I was, I got pretty sad because I was like, I put in all this work for three years and to not get it. Mm-hmm. And then we were out to sea one day and I ran into a master chief and he's like, I have a question. I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, it's master chief. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And he's like, what do you, what, what's your rate? I'm like, I don't have one. And he's like, oh, well, like, what do you want to do? And told him my little story. He's like, you realize who I am, right? Like, no, Master Chief. He's like, oh, I'm the crew counselor for the whole boat. And he's like, do you know who my best friend is? I'm like, no, Master Chief, I don't know who your best friend is. And he was like the NC for, like, the like, top guy for the Navy who did all the career stuff. And he's like, bring me all your rewards, all your letter recommendations. He's like, I'll see what I can do for you. And so I did that, and he uh, does whatever his magic, and he's like, all right, he's like, you're going to MAA school. And then I called my kennel master at the time, and I was like, hey, I got it. He's like, yeah, I know. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how? <laughs> you and before you did. Did you were out to sea when this all got done? Yes. See, I would have expected that shit just gets on hold when you're out to sea, but apparently not. It's delayed. Yeah. Uh, definitely not as fast, but he still sent his emails. Um, and then, yeah, when I talked to my kennel master, he's like, he's like, you should have your uh, follow-on orders for canine. But then I get to A school and uh, for MA, and they, I was a straight sick. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm supposed to have follow-on orders. I call my, uh, the kennel master. And I'm like, hey, like this is happening. He's like, okay, what's your uh, class number? And I told him. And at the time, there was no uh, canine spots available for our class. And then the next day, uh, one of the canine guys shows up. And he's like, okay. He's like, y'all, uh, spot opened up for canine for this class. Uh, so all of you are going to interview. And I call my chief. And I'm like, chief, the spot opened up. He's like, yeah, you're welcome. Nah. That's that's great. So <clears throat> you get there. Um, how long is that MA school? Uh, so the MAA school is two months, I believe. And then our uh, canine school is three months. Where was the MA school? Uh, San Antonio. Both oh. at Lackland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that makes sense. That's convenient. Good. Yeah, right. <laughs> so... Um, what dog did they? What dog did you go through school with? It's not the one you. No, with. so yeah. I had. I think I had four or five different dogs. So there's actually this one dog. He's a little Dutchy. I think it's where my love for Dutchies probably started. Right. Um, and his name was Hogan. He was a double H, one of the puppy program oh, dogs. Okay. Um, they called him Humping Hogan, and they laughed when they assigned me the dog. Yeah. And I'm like, well, uh, why? They're like, you'll find out. Um, so the dog, anytime, was a patrol dog. And uh, anytime you had to out him, he would redirect on the handler. And then when you try to get him off, you'd start uh, humping you. Nice. Yeah. That's interesting. It must be a Dutchy thing. I just, uh, tomorrow is the last day of my uh, class, current patrol class. And I've got a dog in that class named Maverick <laughs> that is a Dutchy that humps. And we had, they, <laughs> but after him. he bit you. Yeah, sorry, let me hump you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, well, and it's it, during. Let me further it, fuck you up. <laughs> well, when they came to select the dog, like I was doing the bite work, so I was in a suit, and like it, he gets like overstemmed and starts humping. And on Facebook, and I didn't realize somebody was recording, and mm, no. so I'm like, look like I'm giving him a hand job, and I'm like, just let him finish. And of course, <laughs> well, then I just made some comment about turning a rape into a murder, and yeah. like then, fucking <laughs> so, it's a Dutchy thing. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> uh, humping Hogan. It's, it's, a legend. Yeah, yeah. So you get out, where do they send you? Uh, so from there, I got orders to Siganella. Uh, it's in Sicily, Italy. I mm -hmm. uh, love that. It was a great time. Yeah. Traveled around uh, Europe. There, like, they're super chill with how you. So, stateside, you have to put in leave if you go in. I think it's like 200 miles outside of your base. Uh, in Europe, you can just put a, it's out of bounds shit. For the weekend, I literally go anywhere in Europe. Really? Train? And, uh, I flew most of the time. Okay. Um, but yeah, so cheap. Got to go pretty uh, cool places. That would be. Yeah, that's doing it right, too. Um, what was the dog that... So you get there, this, is your first dog waiting for you? Yeah, so I got there. Uh, when I got there, we were pretty low on dogs, so I did have to wait. I think I waited like a month or two for my first dog. Um, and my first dog was a 12-year-old Mal, <laughs> a single-purpose do uh, bomb dog. Her name was Siska. And uh, I was her 24th handler. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's that crazy. dog did not care about me at all. Yeah, no. Just, just, you're just the driver. Just get me here. Yeah. And then after that, uh, she got retired. And then I got another 12-year-old dog named Dino. 
And then I went home on emergency leave when my mom died, came back and they're like, oh yeah, Dino's retired. I'm like, oh, great. They're like, here's your first green dog. And a working dog that should have never been a working dog. She uh, taught me the most out of all the dogs I've worked because it's trying to get a dog to work that does not have drive is absolutely horrible. Yeah, it's very frustrating. But it was very, uh, so she was like one of, she was a very emotional dog and my mom had just died at that point, so all my emotions were running down leash. Yeah. And it got to the point where uh, my chain of command were like, hey, like you're kind of struggling. Uh, we understand your mom just died, but you got to figure it out. Or we're going to take you off the dog. And so that like made me like really channel, like, okay, this is how you channel Figured out how to channel my emotions with it. And that made me, I mean, sounds weird, but that made me, I think, the trainer I am today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's easy to train the, the uh, push-button rock star. Mm-hmm. It makes you better training the dogs that you got to put all that extra work in and you're stuck because they're not getting rid of the dog. No. So this is your dogs. Like what I tell that with um, like sport people, uh, they just can't go get another dog. We got to yeah. work. This is the dog. This mm-hmm. is the one they have. Try, try to work it. Some point you may have to, you know, pull the trigger, but you're not convincing the Navy to. No. Yeah. Cause I went to my supervisor and I was like, Hey, like, I and I, I would go tell I was the most junior person there and I'm like what am I doing so wrong with this dog I don't get it and they're like you're doing everything you can it's just the dog the dog is genetics if the dog doesn't have it, the dog doesn't have it and I went to my kennel master and I'm like this is a bomb dog I shouldn't it shouldn't be a what if yeah. it's a liability at that point and he's like it's not my problem I'm like wow okay what was that dog's name uh flash flash uh mouth uh she was like a mouse chef mix yeah. One floppy ear, adorable. So how did you do it? How did you get her to like, um, hunt for odor and stuff? So that was a crazy thing too. Like, there would be days she's spot on, crush it. And then there would be days that she would put her nose on TNT and walk it. And I'm like, okay, this is this is bad. And there would be days I'm like, okay, I, I got to put this dog up. I'm losing my shit. I got to put her up. Yeah. Um, her was, she really responded a lot to physical praise. And then also uh, a lot of play, a lot of play. And I just had to be over animated with her mm-hmm. and make sure that the, the really, really good days were really good for her. And that's what worked for her. Interesting. Yeah, that would be super frustrating because we, we just get rid of the dog. You know? yeah. Yes. We would have, it would have made it here. Um, I've had a, I had a dog before that tested out really well and then, just eventually was like, I just don't like any of this and kind of shut down and end up being pets and, you know, just end up giving them away. That happens every once in a while. Um, so you work, work in this dog, you're jet setting all over Europe. Um, let's talk about the Jack Russell. Oh, yeah. I love that dog. I've never, uh, worked one or uh, anyone I know was worked one. Dude, I had a working Jack Russell Terrier in college that was 22 pounds of anger. That's how Denny was. Uh, Kill varmints, don't they? Oh, mm-hmm. That's what I did in college. We would get a fucking backpack full of beer and I'd get on my skateboard and we'd go downtown and... A skateboard, a dog, a backpack full of beer. And we'd go kill rats. It was fucking great. <laughs> yeah, so... Denny was... I was uh, that was when I was stationed in Washington. I went back to Washington after Italy. Um, and... So the base I was on was a submarine base. And so that's why I had a small breed because it's a lot easier to take a little 10-pound Jack Russell down to sub versus a 70-pound mammal. Right, yeah. um, but he was, I think when I started working, he was seven. 
and he was absolute garbage. He uh, would false respond probably every 30 seconds. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then uh, there was like a stigma for a long time in the Navy that, oh, small breeds don't need obedience. So no obedience. Dog wouldn't out when I picked him up. And I remember our regional kennel master, uh, he's like, if you get that dog to do three minutes, that's like part of like we have on-duty evaluations. Um, part of like the requisite is a three-minute stay. He's like, if you get that dog to do a three-minute stay, he's like, I'll buy you a steak dinner. And he came back out, and he uh, it was a 14-minute stay. And he was like, I don't believe it. Because he's like, I was that dog's first handler. Yeah. Um, but it was adorable. So he was a very, very tiny Jack Russell. And they were like, oh, he doesn't have to do the OB course because he's so small. I was like, no, this motherfucker's going to do it. And so he would do everything, do the A-frames, do the hurdles, stairs, all that. Um, and then with his falsing, I started, how I ended up fixing that was just ran, ran longer problems, usually like one to two aids in a problem. And it'd be anywhere from, I mean, I started low with him. I've kind of figured out what his threshold was. Uh, but I started out like 20 minutes and we ended up running 45 hour long problems. Because wow. realistically, our, my utilization with him was uh, doing barrack sweeps for 12 hours a day. And I'm like, look, I got to train how I'm going to utilize this dog. I'm not going to do, do a 12-hour problem. Don't right, get me right. wrong, but. That would get tedious, though. Yeah. Over and over. He's like, this fucking room again. <laughs> and it never gives me anything. So on all day throughout the day doing the barracks, when would you put out a hide just to keep him? Uh, so probably. So I think the barracks that we had on base had like 10 floors. Um, usually like every like third floor or so. After I'd clear it, I'd go put one out for him just to kind of keep him uh, motivated. And then after that, too, there'd be sometimes I'm like, hey, my dog needs a rest. Yeah. I mean, because that dog had a lot of gas, but I did, that's a long time. And little legs. Yes. So he's walking twice as long, <laughs> twice as far. Like, Why are yeah. you so tall? Yeah. Dude, they're cool to watch work. There's a guy there. We have a handler in Oklahoma that has a Jag Terrier, which is like a blackjack wrestle, basically. And that thing. Like watching him work, like run odor on cars, narc it's a narcotics dog, and the handler just kind of picks him up and carries him around and like tosses him into a room. <laughs> like, yeah, he's a cool dog. Yeah, that'd be that would be pretty fun. How old was that dog when you got him? Uh, Denny was, I believe, he was seven when I got him, and I worked so there. I had uh, my first dog over there was a dog named Garo, bomb dog, and then I got Denny, and then they had me assigned on a dual purpose bomb dog at the same time as Denny. Um, that was a fun one. So, uh, we had, we had just got a new commanding officer and for us, when we get a new CO, uh, all the teams have to recertify. And so I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like Denny will crush it. And my supervisor was like, Hey, are you and Denny ready for, or not Denny? He's like, you ready for sir? I was like, yeah, Denny and I are going to crush it. He's like, no, uh, with Lena. I'm like, what? He's like, you're certifying with Lena too. I'm like, somebody could have told me. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's tomorrow. I'm like, could have told me that too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so the first time I ran the dog was on certification. Oh my gosh. Yep. And I mean, we passed, but. Yeah. What are you going to do? It will Show up. Yeah. It didn't work. <laughs> what, was, what was that dog? Uh, she was a dual purpose bomb dog. Yeah. So had you worked a dual at that point? No, that was my first dual. Go ahead and out him. What does that mean? <laughs> like, what are we doing? That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So they had you run them both? Yes, so I was certified on both, and then because one's bomb, one was dope. Yes, yeah. Um, it did get tedious a little bit. I'm like, it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, especially because I like 
And that's like kind of like the hard thing. I love what I'm doing now. Absolutely love it. But being able to put your heart and soul into one dog and make it the like best dog you possibly can, that's what I love. Mm. And so it's like hard putting everything they have into all these dogs and then they just leave. And I'm like, oh, come on, I, I want it. There, we have this dog right now named Delto. Absolutely love this dog. And I, I have some self-control issues. I'm like, Brad, I'll buy the dog. He's like, no, sir, you're not buying the dog. Um, but that's like when he's going to be a hard one to say goodbye to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, we're going to, we're going to switch over to uh pay setter here in a minute. But, um, so when I was working the Navy contract uh, out in Coronado, there was this female MA that worked the gate and, um, I would always get pulled out for, uh, inspection. And uh, it was a female handler all the time. So this girl and this girl, and they would, the 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 handler man, the, the I felt bad. The shepherd was four hundred years old and was just not really sniffing. Right, this bomb dog. And uh, we're pointing a random this, random that. Well, I, I got word that the reason why I kept getting pulled out was that one of the other trainers before I got there, contract trainers had dated the MA at the gate and fucked her over. So she was come. She was just fucking with all of us, the four of us that were working the contract. And so um, I got pulled out one day afterwards, and she's just standing there, giving me the eye while they're running the dog. I said, "Can I talk to you a minute?" Yeah, sure. What's up? And I said, "I didn't fuck you over. I know what you're doing. Come on, man. I don't even like him. So we're on the same page. Never, never got pulled out after that again. She was cool. Uh, I actually came through the base one time, not even paying attention on my phone. And in California, you're not even allowed to do that when you're driving, let alone onto the base. And she just like, what the fuck are you doing? Put your phone down. And I was like, uh, I don't know, I'm stupid, whatever. But <laughs> but we were cool after that, you know, that thing. But she was definitely. Uh, Girl, stop being petty. <laughs> yeah, right. He, he fucked her over, though. So she she should hate him. I never saw him get pulled out, though. Now that I think about it. He never got pulled out. That would have been too obvious, I think. Passive aggressive. Yeah, oh, yeah, fuck. which he was, too. So, um Skills Bridge comes. How did you how did you find Pacer? Uh, so one of the guys I was stationed with in Italy, uh, Johnny Ortiz, uh, one of my good mentors. Um, I was talking to him. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get out, um, and I want to do Skill Bridge. I just don't know where to do." And he's like, "Well, he's like, I know Brad. He's a pretty good guy. Uh, he's like, I think that would be a good fit for you." And so he's how I found out about Paysetter. Um, so he like got in contact with Brad, like let him know she's good to go. And then uh, emailed Brad my resume and all that. Um, and then he, we, he did like a phone interview with me. And that was like my first interview of adult life. So yeah. I was very nervous. Um, and after that, he's like, yeah, you're good to go. Let's uh, like go through with it. Um, but the Navy, they did. So eventually, once they like approved it, they didn't care. Didn't ever ask like, oh, is she going to be there? Um, but they waited till the last minute to approve it. Yeah. And so I think, about right. <laughs> so I think it was like maybe like a month or so before it's supposed to leave. And they're like, yeah, you're good to go. I'm like, well, thanks. Now I have to move everything in a matter of this, like this amount of time and find housing and all that. So, yeah. I'll, the only thing I'll say about when the army did it with uh, Steven was, uh, they were on it. They were, they were on it. Got it done pretty quickly. I knew two months, three months before he showed up that he was coming, but the, that poor guy, man, he had to go back to his base three times 
to prove that he wasn't like in hiding. I remember that. Signed off on everything all across everybody. And then the people who signed off still were saying, why aren't you here? He's like, you signed the paperwork. <laughs> and finally, one day they just got it. It was weird. They got his, his ETS and his disability figured out on the, like the same day. And, um, he was pretty excited about that, yeah, because he got full full disability from uh, TBIs from Syria. But um, so, this is he pacesetter just working dogs? Is he doing pets too? No, he's just doing. So he'll he'll do when people call and ask for protection dogs. Uh, we'll do that. But I think since I've been there, we've done two protection dogs. Mm -hmm. The rest is just working dogs. Protection dogs are such a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, <clears throat> the one thing that I think Stephen struggled with at first was the pace at which we work because he was used to you know repping a dog and then going sit down mm -hmm. and then repping. i'm like no next dog next dog yeah. next dog he goes well he's resting if he doesn't need rest you worked him for 10 minutes next dog next dog next dog and it was it's just a an assembly line uh in, in our building now when they're doing board and change at home it's a little different because long downstays in the evening is actually good training but in the building, it's rep, rep, rep. That five, five. I talked about in my class. Rep, 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 rep. And that that took a little bit for him to catch on. I'm like sitting down again. And he's like, what? And I go, there's like five dogs, and and he just wasn't used to that. But he did good. He was, he was, uh, and he took the criticism because mm -hmm. he's used to you know getting in trouble <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so uh, they're busy. Like pace setter's busy. Um, yes. Does he do some sort of? grant or charity thing or is there some i think they work with uh christy schiller with yeah we canines do a lot of cops. canines for cops okay, and then that's canines right. for valor too that's the one yeah, yeah. i didn't know that he was with christy yeah doing that them and houston canine academy do a lot yeah. so uh so when you get there how big's the kennel uh so we have three separate kennels and i think in total uh we have 46 runs and that's i think the last time it was full was like a few months ago um, right now, I think we're sitting at about like 30 something dogs. Um, uh, that's a lot. Um, no, thanks. <laughs> Anyways, uh, where in Texas is it? Uh, so it's in a little town just North of Austin uh, called Liberty Hill. Mm -hmm. I just talked to somebody from there. Not you. Probably me. No, no. It was a, a, a dude last night. I can't remember. Alex? It might've been. No, it wasn't him. No. Um, so were you nervous when you get there oh i was beyond nervous yeah. and it was also it was a very humbling experience too because i was like okay like i think i have a pretty good grasp of what i'm doing no <laughs> no i got smoked and then also too like so what i found like a new family for is decoying because in the military they just throw you a suit yeah and they're like, all right go do it i'm like okay how do i do it suit just a top right they don't even put yeah something more often than not like yeah you're fine Oh, and says the guy not in a suit yeah and then yeah, when exactly. i was in so when i was in italy i was one of the only handlers not working a dual purpose so it was me all the time and i started to hate it because i'm like i don't know what i'm doing i'm just getting flung around my fucking dogs all day shit and nobody's teaching me how to do it <laughs> and then i got there and uh dustin and alex has also helped me out a lot and i actually love it now yeah what um what suit are you wearing uh, so right now I have a, I blow through suits there, uh, but right now I have a, a Demon A semi-comp with cuffs. I mm -hmm. uh, put in for the raffle over there, so I'm hoping to get that. Uh, so I do want a competition one just because 
Be what? careful what you wish for. He's a comp guy. You, mine's a little lighter than that. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> old. I'm old, so I'm semi I had to, Yeah, I, his is a sweatshirt. It got, I had to, no, it's got, I mean, I just put new arms on it. Arno fixed it for me. <laughs> like, I sent it back to Arno, and he put new sleeves on it, and he put new uh, elastic straps on the top for me. But, yeah, yeah, there's some spots in those pants. Like, if you... But cadaver dogs oh. hit on a suit. That's how long it's been around. <laughs> it's seasoned. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... So when you get there, nervous, things are going. Um, what about the leash handling stuff? What did you, were you not as good as you thought or were you? So that was or? like fine. Um, my leash handling was fine. It was more one. I was, I kept fucking up the commands. So it was all in check. I knew everything in English. Yeah. I was like, I promise I'm listening. I, I, I'm not, I'm not doing this on purpose. Um, and then also indirect or not indirect uh direct wasn't what i was used to a lot at all and learning like not fucking up those payments yeah um and just the whole like scheme of it like training a dog that was already trained at lackland is cake compared to getting a dog some dogs that want to eat your fucking face out of the kennel Mm -hmm. um and just learning that and learning what every dog needs and being able to read the dog and that was i've learned in my i've been there in a little over a year now and i've learned so much the one big thing that, and him and I do it a ton, and it's one of the toughest but most rewarding parts of it is tracking. So you had not done tracking at all, right? No, sorry. Right point. So what was that process for you? Uh, so I mean, I, so I don't really, I don't do that. Oh, really? I'll, yeah, I'll lay tracks for them when they need me to. Uh, sometimes I'll run a dog on it, but that's not, I've one, I've never done it. So one, I'm not going to be out there teaching students how to do it. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, I just, it's, I don't know. I that's, understand like it a bit, but yeah, that's, I think a perishable skill Oh yeah, with, with dogs and, it is. uh, and handling and teaching them that you should try it. You should delve into it. Start bugging them. So show me this stuff. When you, uh, get out and start working there full time, um, I, I've dealt with a lot of military handlers that have come and obviously handle the military and then come into law enforcement and they handle the law enforcement side. And, um, the one thing that all those handlers talk about is they're like the amount of case law shit that you have to know as a canine handler in the United States for law enforcement is insane. And the stuff that, cause there's a lot of times that we do things in law enforcement that doesn't make a lot of sense logically. And we do it because somewhere somebody fucked something up uh, in the past. And so talk a little bit about um, that and how um, the difference in the handling for like being an MA in the Navy and then handling for law enforcement. Oh, it's so vastly different. And so we have uh, Brian Derner's our head instructor over there. And he was on, I think he's with Williamson County for 26 years. And so he mainly handles all the case law stuff. He goes over it with the students and everything. Um, and again, that's like, I'm not going to sit there and give those students advice on, Hey, X, Y, Z, you should do this. You should not do this. I give them more of the tools of, Hey, this is how you work the Ferrari I just gave you more than anything. Um, but that is something I want to dive into more. And I have been contemplating because real, I love what I do. I absolutely love training dogs, but I can't do this for the rest of my life. At least (laughs) the retirement part of it. Um, and so I've been looking at departments in the local area, and that's the plan from here. But yeah, the case law is more more Brian's uh, tea than mine. Yeah, what you'll get is you'll get somebody in the class go, "Hey, what was?" And they'll ask you, and you, it sucks to go. I have no fucking clue. Go ask. Yeah. Brian. 
it, it'd be nice to be able to know a few of the things. Um, yeah, that's funny. The retirement part of you are young. It's a long road ahead. Uh, just grabbing dogs out of the kennel and, and doing all that stuff. Um, tell, let's talk about, uh, what was that? Dento? What was that dog you're in love with? Oh, Delta. Delta. Why do you like that dog so much? Um, so I love him because one, so he's a dual purpose. Um, and he's a very level-headed dog. Mm -hmm. You can put a lot of pressure on the dog and he's still going to get the job done. But he also wants to please. He wants to work for me so badly. And I don't have to, I barely have to put any correction on that dog. When I do, he's like, okay, understood. Not going to do that again. Um, and he just very wants, very wants to please the handler a lot. And that's a dog that I would take on the street. Yeah. Um, Ted, so we, you know, we pay for the import of the dogs. I have yet to have a dog that be like, I'll eat that and keep it. What about you? Oh yeah. I've said several. I've had a few that I'm like, if something happens and this doesn't work out, I'll keep him. This dog's awesome. I got a Fonzie dog I had. Yeah. Fonzie, I could have used him as a pet. But also, uh, I look at the bank account and I'm like, nah, Fonzie, you got to go. Oh, we're talking <laughs> about as a pet or as like a working yeah, to dog? Keep, no, to keep yourself. Uh, I've had several come through that like I was, that I thought, oh, shit, I got one right now. He he ends his class ends tomorrow. I got two right now. His the class ends tomorrow that I would keep and those dogs could fucking crush. PSA, it's like a sport dog. Obviously, they're going to be working as a dual-purpose patrol dog. But I have several recent ones that are like my that dog down in McLean County. Damon has Aries. That dog's a fuck of that. And he's and Anthony's dog Pablo. Same thing. That dog is. They're fast. They're powerful. They're sort of easy to handle. Well, they're easy to handle for those guys. But I mean, for the handlers now. But I mean, they yeah. I would keep those dogs in heart. I wouldn't let them live in my house. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> but, riding in my car no but. but i mean i've had a couple like single purpose dogs that come through um mm -hmm. that i'm like yeah if you don't work out you can yeah. sit on my couch That's don't cool. become a dog hoarder no no like no. all these, uh, dude, I, not. I, okay. these weirdo dog people everybody man like one one trainer back home she fosters she got seven dogs i'm like what okay what classifies though because i have three four three's good <laughs> One more and you're fucked. But they're all small. They're all very one small. One more and you're, you're, put, I feel like you're just creating dog hallways in your house to get to the bathroom. Nah, I ain't about that. Yeah, no. What we're doing, we had three for a long time. And uh, as they're gonna, as they're dying off, we're not going to replace them for a while. My wife's like, oh, I haven't had, went without a dog. I go, just go up to the daycare and play with dogs if you need a fix. <laughs> but I want to travel more and I'm tired of having to worry about who's going to take the dog. We pay people and... That was the hard... I almost didn't come here because <sighs> my dogs and trying to find care for them. Good. At least you did that and didn't bring them. I don't like that. No. Um, so, what, what do you think the future is? So, there's a couple plans I have for myself. Um, a goal of mine for a long time has been to open up a company of my own, kind of like Brad's. Um, I think I'll start out with more, I'll go along the pet line and stuff just to have that steady flow and, uh, get into the canine world, like the police canine world after that. Um, but that's more so after I build up my name more, mm -hmm. um, and get more experience under my belt. And, uh, so my mom was very, very supportive of it. Uh, when she passed away, um, my brothers and I were her beneficiaries. 
And so, like, she was, like I said, biggest supporter of my dream. And she was like, I'll, I'll help you wherever. No idea what to do with working right, dogs. Yeah, she was like, right. I'll do whatever I can to help you. And uh, so the money that I got from that put aside, and that's what I'm going to use to open up. Mm. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, we use use the pets to build the brand and build the business and, and help with the money and then passion for the... If, if the working dogs is a passion for you, it will always be that way. When it becomes um, tedious, you know, and, and there'll be times, but... Um, then, then you lose, you know, it's not fun. And eventually, once you get to a certain point, you got to start working on the business instead of in the business. And then you end up moving away from leash. That can be a little depressing. Yeah. And that's like, because so I want to go the officer route first one because I want that experience. Like, because mm-hmm. we talked talk about it, it's vastly different. Yes, I was an MP in the military. It's not the same thing at all. Right. Um, and I want to have that experience to be able to give to my students and with my clients who come through. Um and so I want to go that route for how long? I don't know. Um, and then eventually, no idea where I'm going to open it up. I've got 50 states to choose from. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to move back to Wyoming. I was going to say, probably not Wyoming. Yeah. So and it's hard too, right? So my family has a ranch back there. Oh. Um, and uh, when my mom passed away, she gave me the go-ahead to use it to open up uh, my kennel whenever I decided to. It's so fucking cold there. Yeah. Nine months of winter, absolutely not. No, no thanks. Ohio's got a lot of winter, but it's not as bad. And uh, Wyoming's probably very windy and cold. Oh, extremely. Yeah. The so I traveling across I eighty in the winter. The winds like no shit. They get up to like eighty nine miles an hour. It's terrifying. Jesus Christ! That's why you don't light a firework there. It'll burn <laughs> nope. up the whole place. What uh, you have an idea on a name for this uh, future venture? Uh, so I was gonna name it after my mom. It was gonna be uh, her initials are CJC. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be CJC Canine. Oh, that's sweet. That's cool. that's cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, well, we wish you the best of luck, man. Keep Thank doing you. it. You got to learn the tracking stuff, though. It's yeah. a huge, vital part of it. Just push. They'll let you. You know that. Um, and then you know, um, but what you don't want to do is have three huge kennel buildings with. 48 kennels all that gets a little much i had eight and i was like i fucking hate all of you all of these dogs so anyways I'm, I'm glad you reached out and uh it was great meeting you man thank you i appreciate it good luck it. to you uh, good luck thanks for your uh service in there and the navy you got anything no nah, i'm, I'm on to the next one on the next one yeah, yeah. i'm not going outside we're calling this one paused our planes to pause <laughs> yeah. so that or humping hogan i've decided which one's gonna humping go hogan's up. a good one i think we should go with that please <laughs> okay. remember it's a double h yes. so, oh, i got it right i got the notes written down <laughs> so believe me i got it all, all right. right cool thanks, thanks. Right, thank you guys yeah. appreciate it it's no secret that Eric and I love Ray Allen Canine Equipment. We use their products every single day. The mission statement says it all. To be a world leader in quality and innovation of professional canine equipment for police, military, Schutzen, and ring sport. To exceed our customers' expectations and to deliver on time every time at a fair price. We full-heartedly believe they held true to that. Since it's our go-to one-stop shop for everything. Like, they literally have everything but the dog, the handler, and the patrol vehicle. Everything else, they got. They got it covered. So hit them up at Ray Allen dot com at ray allen canine on the socials they got a new training app and they got new product collaborations oh and we have a new discount code ram wdr like ram r-a-m w-d-r like working dog radio ram w-d-r for 10 percent off hit them up rayallen.com no secret that i love my alm suit from arno out at alm canine equipment in sunny las vegas nevada 
I've had that thing forever. Eric affectionately refers to it as my Carhartt suit because it's so thin. <laughs> uh, I've had multiple sleeves put back on it, send it back to Arno. He fixes me up every single time. The fit and finish is top notch and it fits me like a glove. I refuse to go anywhere without it. I work sport dogs and PSA without it. I just did a trial in California, wore that thing. I work police dogs pretty much every day of the week, and then I use it for personal protection dogs as well. So hit ALM canine equipment up on Instagram and Facebook, and then go to ALM canine, letter K number nine, equipment.com, and use the discount code WD radio for 10% off of your first order. And this is completely custom. So made to measure, pick your colors, whatever you want to do. Arno will work with you. You can make it as thin or as thick as you want, but hit them up. ALM canine equipment. Ever dreamed of having your own kennel, but don't know where to start. Horizon structures has taken all of the guesswork out of building a kennel. Everything is pre-built to your specifications and preferences and then assembled and dropped off on your land. Boom. New kennel. Hooked up to your electric, hooked up to your water, put dogs in it that day. And those things are amazing. You've got to see them to truly believe them. Get on the website, horizonstructures.com. You can custom build. You can buy one that's already built. Go off of their design. Come up with your own design. They'll work with you. Uh, they always are running discounts on the website with ready-to-go kennels. The kennels are already ready to go. There's always discounts. Horizonstructures.com. Check them out. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.